Welcome to the Bill Cartwright Show with Steve Cohen. Our special guest today is head coach of the, of the University of San Francisco, Dodds, Todd Golden. Todd, welcome. I appreciate you having me on, Bill. It's uh, great to be here with you guys. We are very excited. We are going to go back, that I'd love to do, and I want you to talk about uh, where you grew up, I know, and talk about your mom and dad. Easy enough. Uh, born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, you know, my parents, both of my parents uh, were born and raised on the East Coast. My dad in New York, uh, just about 20 minutes north of the city in uh, White Plains. My mom was actually born and raised in Tom's River, New Jersey. Uh, so I have a lot of East Coast blood. And, uh, you know, my father went to UMass uh, a year behind Julius Irving uh, and a year ahead of Rick Pitino and played on the freshman basketball team. Uh, graduated from there, went to Emory Law, and then actually moved out to Phoenix in 1975 and joined a law firm. And so that's how uh, he began his roots there. And that's why I was born and raised there. And my mom moved out uh, from the East Coast to attend U of A. Uh, her parents had moved out to Lake Havasu. And so that's where my parents met. And uh, I was born in 1985 and stayed there through my whole childhood and obviously went to elementary, middle and high school there. Um, and, you know, just quickly about my father, you know, he's probably the main reason I am where I am in terms of basketball. Uh, he was a basketball, is a basketball junkie, uh, played a little bit and was really the one that kind of created and fostered my love for the game. With that, let's talk about Tell us, everybody's a little different growing up. Tell us about what kind of kid were you in high school? <laughs> I was a great kid. I, I can't say the same for my sister, uh, but no, I'm joking. But I, you know, I, you know, I, I went to a high school that was different from my middle school in terms of uh, who was feeding into it. So I went with a lot of new kids and uh, it took me a little bit to kind of get comfortable and find my way, uh, you know, just with a new social circle and, and kind of being in that new environment. But Again, basketball and being a part of the program, I played varsity basketball for three years. Uh, and it just, it was a really great experience. We had a really good team. I had a great high school coach uh, who is in the Arizona High School Hall of Fame, a guy from Brooklyn, New York, actually, and uh, won about 650 games in high school. But in terms of uh, what type of kid or what, you know, I would say uh, I was a pleaser, both in the classroom and, and with my coaching staff. Uh, I was the firstborn, so I think I was a little less volatile than my sister who came behind me a couple years. And, uh, you know, after I kind of broke my parents down in high school, she'd probably reap the benefits of, uh, some of that. Um, but you know, I, I was not going with a pretty good kid stayed out of trouble. Um, pretty much focused a lot on basketball and, and had a really good group of friends, uh, that I grew up with and that I was able to graduate high school with. And, uh, you know, I feel pretty fortunate about my experience that way. So talk about your senior year, high school, and then now you're going to find a college. And how did you end up finding your college? Yeah, it's, it's honestly a really fun story. So I, I played both basketball and baseball in high school and, uh, you know, played varsity my sophomore year in both. And it was pretty much an even level player across both sports. And it wasn't until the end of my junior year of basketball where we won the state championship and uh, we ended up being – ranked in the top 25 USA today. We were 29 and one, had a really good team. And uh, I, we had a baseball game the next day. We, we had a baseball game the next day and we had four guys on our basketball team who also played baseball. And I remember going out uh, to practice and, and getting ready for the game. And just my, my passion for baseball just wasn't there because of 
the amount of success we had at basketball wise. I had some personal success as well throughout that season. And so that was my first year. I actually decided not to play baseball that year and focused on AU basketball for the first time. And uh, I had never played AU before, which, you know, nowadays is really unique. You know, most people are playing AU basketball by the time they hit fourth or fifth grade. Um, but that was the first time that I really had the opportunity to play in front of college coaches and uh, got a little bit of recognition, a little bit of recruitment. But really, it came down to in my senior year. Uh, either going to Columbia University, who uh, wasn't very good, uh, to be honest, but they were coached by a guy who you probably remember, Armand Hill, uh, who spent a lot of years in the NBA. And uh, so I appreciated the fact that he was interested in me and wanted me to be a part of his program. And I also was getting recruited by St. Mary's College in Moraga as a walk-on. And uh, so I took a visit to St. Mary's and had a great time and, and really enjoyed the guys within the program, as well as Coach Bennett, uh, Coach Kyle Smith, and a couple of the other staff members. And, and after that weekend, I just told my dad and my parents, and I was like, hey, you know what? This is this is where I want to be. You know, I didn't want to take the opportunity to go travel to the East Coast. Uh, you know, I, I look back on it now that I'm a parent and I, I kind of giggle because I'm sure my dad was uh, and my mom were disappointed and frustrated that I wouldn't go look at the Ivy League school uh, that I wouldn't have been able to get into if it weren't for basketball. Um, but it, it just wasn't what I was looking for at the time. And, uh, so that's when I made the decision really in the fall of my senior year that I was going to go and attend St. Mary's college in Morocco. So talk about, so now you're at St. Mary's <laughs> talk about what you did when you were there and kind of how you worked your way up. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, I look back at it now, um, you know, being a, over a decade into my coaching career and, and my story was just really, it was interesting. And, and I say the odds of it happening the way it did were not very good looking back on it. You know, I think coach Bennett tried to cut me about six or seven times and uh, get me to transfer to somewhere else. Um, but, you know, I, I came in as a freshman again, as a walk on, and uh, I had probably an irrational an irrationally high level of self-confidence in regards to the fact that I was going to earn a role and, and find a way onto the court with this, with this team. And, uh, you know, I, I got hit with reality pretty quick in terms of realizing how difficult it was going to be in my freshman year. I remember to this day, I walked on, uh, our first weight workout coach Bennett used to weigh us, you know, when we got there and he, and he weighed me and I was 158 pounds and, uh, he looked at me and was like, man, He's like, I knew you were skinny. I didn't know you were that skinny. You got a lot of work to do. And that was kind of uh, the first message I got from him, you know, my first day. Uh, but that first year was really a learning experience. And, and I worked hard to gain weight and uh, to kind of uh, try to get more comfortable against bigger, stronger, more athletic players. Uh, but it, it was tough. And, and I had a lot of, uh, I would say, a lot of days where I was concerned that maybe I wasn't going to be able to do it or I wasn't going to make it. And then that next year, uh, which was my redshirt freshman year. I redshirted my first year. Uh, played a little bit early on the year because we had some injuries and some guys that were, you know, in some trouble academically and uh, played in some big wins, got to play and we beat Cal at Cal. We got to play a couple games in Madison Square against Memphis, Mississippi State, and uh, kind of got a good taste for playing in college. And uh, when those guys came back, I kind of got pushed uh, back out of the rotation, but I was still, you know, a part of the group and really uh, – instrumental part of practice and our team that year was really successful we won 26 games we went to the NCAA tournament uh, and so I was able to kind of get that experience and understand how hard it is to be good and, and kind of get a taste for that and so really after that we lost about four or five really good players to graduation and uh, after that season I, I 
became a three-year starter. And uh, we had some years where we were kind of building back up. We won 17 games, two years in a row, but we were kind of, we weren't as good. Obviously we didn't make the tournament, uh, but you know, we were kind of building back up with some young players in my senior year, was when uh, we probably had the biggest recruiting coup in St. Mary's history when they brought in this little guard from Australia by the name of Patty Mills uh, and paired him with uh, some of the other good young players we had in our program. And I was, I give myself credit to this day because I was really smart. Coach Bennett asked me, he's like, do you want to play point guard this year? And I was like, well, no, I'm, I want to play off the ball because I know I'm not going to beat this kid out. So uh, I was able to, to slide over to the two and uh, Patty and I started 32 games together in the backcourt uh one I think we went 25 and seven uh played in the NCAA tournament got high highly ranked as I think 19th at one point uh during the season uh and it was just an amazing incredible experience and uh you know I Patty obviously still playing and, and doing really well playing in the NBA and this is almost 13 14 years later so uh it, it was you know it was an experience that I really feel like I needed to go through some of uh the difficulties of, of not playing and, and having to get a lot tougher and figuring out kind of who I was early on in my career to, to get to what I was able to do at the end. Um, and, and I do owe a lot to, to Coach Bennett and Kyle uh, for that because they didn't take it easy on me. You know, I think they really challenged me. Uh, and I thought there were times where they were probably a little too hard on me. But now looking back as a coach, you know, I think it all – well, I don't think I knew it all came from a really good place. And, and they saw some potential – in me and, and they knew I wasn't going to make it if I wasn't tough. And so they really challenged me to, to become that. And uh, I'm not sure I ever got all the way there, but I, I definitely progressed and uh, it paid off in a big way in terms of, you know, playing for three years and playing a lot. Can you talk about uh, now that you've graduated, what were you thinking? Because you did end up going playing overseas. Yeah, it was, uh, I'll be honest. I didn't even think about that until my senior year. Uh, and, and I got off to a really good start my senior year. Again, when that, when that Mills kid came in, I seemed to get a lot more open shots. And, uh, <laughs> one thing I could do is make an open three. And, uh, you know, I, so I was getting more interest from agents and the fact that, uh, you know, I come from a Jewish household, I was able to use, uh, my Jewish faith, uh, to an advantage, to be honest, because I was able to make what's called Aliyah, uh, and become an Israeli citizen and, in Israel at that time, and I still believe it's the same way now, they had what a lot of people that play European basketball understand is the Russian rule, which means you have to have two native uh, citizens on the court at the same time uh, for the team to, to be able to play. So I was able to go over uh, to Israel and play as an Israeli. And so that gave me quite a bit of an advantage in terms of being a pro because it gave teams the option to really have another American on their roster. And so as I had some success that senior year, I started talking to some different agents and, and kind of thinking about, wow, this is actually a path I might be able to take. And, uh, you know, finished up the year, tried out with a couple of clubs and uh, had got had the opportunity to get a two-year contract from a team uh, called Maccabi Haifa, which was a kind of up-and-coming team in Israel that had an American owner, uh, a guy that was passionate, had a lot of money and was able to invest and really try to get good. And so that first year, uh, of playing in Israel, we brought in some really, really talented American players, uh, two McDonald's All-Americans, guys that, you know, were uh, playing at South Carolina, Villanova. We had a really, really talented young player named Davon Jefferson, who played at SC, who was an NBA-level player, just was a little uh, 
wasn't ready yet age-wise and, uh, you know, just had to kind of get his feet under him. And uh, we, we just had an awesome experience and ended up going to the championship game in Israel playing Maccabi Tel Aviv. And we had a, a seven-point lead in the third quarter of the championship game on their home floor before losing a really, really close game. Um, but it really wasn't until that spring summer where I even thought I had a chance to, to go play overseas. And uh, when I, when that opportunity did present itself, uh, I, I was pretty excited to take advantage of it and uh, kind of experience that. So talk about how long you played over there and why you decided to leave. <laughs> so I, uh, I kind of went into it with uh, the idea, like, I'm going to go after this and I'll, I'll play as long as I can and as long as it makes sense. Uh, both from like a professional development and career perspective, uh, because I, I did understand that when I came back, I was going to have to quote unquote, like start over in some form or fashion, whether it was working in the professional world or get into coaching. Um, so I had a really good first year. And then my second year uh, didn't go as well. We actually lost a guy named Deron Perkins who played at Santa Clara, uh, who was the real point guard of our team that first year. He was an awesome player, a little, very similar to Rajon Rondo, a little bigger. And uh, he got signed by Tel Aviv because he was so doing so well. And so we brought in actually a little Israeli point guard uh, to our team uh, for that second year, which was kind of the death of my career because they were never going to play two little Jewish guys together in the backcourt. So uh, they knew we wouldn't be able to guard anybody or keep anybody in front. And so uh, I, I didn't play as much and our team wasn't as good. We weren't as strong, but it wasn't really until about April of that year where uh, one of our, our, our managers of the team brought me in and said, Hey, Todd, you know, I think I thought we were going to be able to kind of get through this without any issues, but um, the Israeli army wants you to report. And I said, you know, I, I'm not really comfortable with that. And they're like, well, that's part of making Aliyah. Once you make Aliyah, you have, you know, six weeks of uh, basic training and six months of service that you have to provide the government. And then they'll decide what to do. You're a little older. They'll probably let you go, but da da da. So Obviously, you know, I, I love the opportunity to play basketball. I, I didn't really love it to the point where I wanted to enter the Israeli army for it. And so uh, my one experience with the Israeli army, uh, you know, in, in early May, we were getting ready for the playoffs. And uh, I, I was kind of living my best life over in Israel. I had kind of long hair with my little uh, Jewish fro, if you would want to refer to it as that. And uh they just said, hey, you need to go down to Netanya, which is the town where all the uh, young military personnel reported and, you know, meet with a few people and uh, cross some T's, dot some I's, and then they're going to let you go. And so I, I take the bus down there with like 70, 18 year olds. And I'm just really concerned and having no idea what's going to happen once I get there. And so I get in, get there and, and they get us off the bus and they kind of start shuffling us into lines. And uh, I tried to tell one of the supervisors, like, hey, you know, I play for Maccabi Haifa. I'm here to just da, da, da. And they, they didn't care. And so they just put me in line over here. I said, well, what is this for? And they're like, well, you need a haircut. And I said, no, no, no. Like, I'm, they're releasing me. Like, I'm going to – I have practice tonight at 6. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking – so go in line. And uh, I'm in the short line. Next thing I go, I'm in a barber chair, and they're buzzing my head and just completely taking off all my lettuce up top. And uh, so – that was really, that hurt me. That was about eight months of hair that, that I lost in about a two minute span. And then I said, Hey, you know, wanted to see who I could talk to about just getting out of there. And they're like, well, you need to go take your dental x-rays. And so I said, okay. And then I go. And so I asked the guy, Hey, why, why do I need to take dental x-rays? And he's like, well, you know, in case 
we, we lose you in battle. Like we need a way to identify you uh, when the time comes. And I said, well, I, I need to get out of here as soon as I can because this is not what I signed up for. And so finally, uh, around five o'clock that day, uh, they, they let me go and they're like, hey, you got to come back tomorrow. I hitchhiked from Natanya back to Tel Aviv, uh, swear to God, and met my father and one of my other buddies that, that were out there and kind of told them what was going on. And then I got somebody from the team involved the next day and, and we got it all figured out. But really after the year, uh, it was it was either enter the army or, or head home. And so that was that. And uh, I decided to, to make my return to the United States in the summer of 2010. Well, that sounds like a very wise move. <laughs> So now that you're back in the United States, what are you thinking? Do you know you want to coach or did you know what you wanted to do? You know what? I, I, it, was, it was a really interesting time for me because I was uh, kind of a homebody in Israel. I probably didn't take as much advantage of it as I should from a social standpoint. Uh, you know, committing late nights, talking to people back here instead of, you know, going out and enjoying the nightlife. And uh, one of the things, you know, I thought I did want to coach, but at the same time, I felt like I had missed out on some things. And so I wanted to kind of just get back to the Bay area uh, where a lot of my friends who I had graduated with had kind of started their professional careers and were having some fun. And uh, so I'd entertained an opportunity to go work with Kyle at Columbia when he was the head coach there, Kyle Smith. And, uh, and then Randy actually had something that same areas, but I, I just wasn't ready uh, to jump right in. And so I had an opportunity to go work at IMG in the college sports marketing arm of their company. And, uh, so I did the corporate thing for a little bit there and, and it was fun. And, uh, you know, it allowed me some freedoms on the weekends and, uh, you know, that was all nice and everything. And then I had an opportunity to go work at Comcast Sportsnet Bay area and, and in a promotion of sorts. And, uh, when I got there, uh, that was a suit and tie deal every day, Monday through Friday, that was a sit at your desk until five 30 on Friday, regardless of what's going on. And, that was kind of the job where I'm like, you know what? Like, I, I don't think this is for me. And uh, after about five or six months of not really enjoying myself at Comcast and uh, kind of trying to do the corporate thing for two years, I kind of had like a, a very early life crisis and, and kind of sat down with my now wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, you know, I think if, uh, if I want to try this coaching thing, this is, this is kind of my window. And if I don't do it now, uh, I was concerned that it was going to be hard to get back in to the basketball world. Uh, Cause as you know, as you, the further you are away, the, the more disconnected you become and the harder it is. And so uh, Kyle, at, who was still at Columbia at the time, he had one of his staff members named Kobe Altman, who's now the general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, leave his staff to go work at the Cavs. And so I reached out to Kyle and, and him and I were kind of, you know, we had gone back and forth a few times before. So it was kind of a sensitive deal. And I just said, Hey, you know, I've thought long and hard about this, and I do think I would like an opportunity to give it a shot. Uh, if you have anything available on your staff that you'd be willing, that you think I'd be a good fit fit for, uh, you know, let me know. And he he had a director of basketball oper operations position open, and uh, you know, I was kind of hoping that I would be thought of as an assistant at the time. Um, but beggars can't be choosers, and uh, you know, the opportunity available was ops and. Uh, I just, Megan and I, my wife talked about it for a while and we we're like, you know what? We were, we didn't have kids. Uh, we didn't have a lot of things that were quote unquote tying us down to the Bay area. And, uh, we had been living together for about two years and we're like, you know what, let's give it a shot. You know, why not? This is a once in a lifetime type opportunity. So 
we picked up our stuff in, in the span of about a week or two and moved back to New York. And uh, I joined Kyle's staff and I think it was 2012 in uh, August. And, uh, you know, worked with him for two years there, my first year as ops. And then my second year, I was promoted to the second assistant. And that was really kind of where my coaching career started. What was the um, hardest thing you think you learned about coaching? And then that first experience, you mean, or just? Yeah, uh, yeah just that was that you thought was like, wow, this, this is the, this, this could be really hard. Yeah, you know, I think and the same thing that I learned then is still the same now in the sense of uh, coaching is one of those professions that you get out of it what you put into it. And, and I think, uh, you know, coaching isn't it's not a job. Like if you think about coaching as a job, you're going to stink at it and you're not going to be very good. It's got to really be a part of your life and a part of your your family and your DNA. And, and I think, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, that when I took the job in August and, and really just kind of, I was loving every second of it because I felt, you know, I was a part of a team and, and part of an organization and uh, part of something, you know, working to become part of the greater good with others. But, you know, we were, we were working and clipping film on Sundays and we were, you know, doing a bunch of things until eight or nine o'clock at night. And then we'd have workouts at 6 a.m. And once I realized, you know, that it's not, it's never going to be with it confined within a box. It's going to be all over the place. And once you embrace that uh, and, and understand that, you know, you're not going to live a quote unquote typical life. Um, I, I think it becomes a lot easier is not the right word, but it, it uh, you know, it, it makes a lot more sense. And so I think just kind of understanding or kind of learning what type of mindset you have to have uh, when, when you're in coaching, especially, you know, within the college landscape, because you have so many different areas that you touch and so many different things you have to worry about and work on. Um, once, once you really, uh, ingratiate yourself to that type of environment, I, I think it becomes a lot easier. Um, uh, but that, that was really, it was just the type of, you know, dedication, uh, commitment and just, uh, kind of outside the box lifestyle that you have to live, um, was probably the most difficult thing in terms of the transition. Coach, you know, unless you're very fortunate, it's all about travel. Talk about how you ended up at Auburn and then you ended up at USF. Yeah. So my, uh, you know, my Auburn experience uh, was, was incredible. And, and so I was fortunate enough again, uh, and because of my Jewish faith to play in the 2005 Maccabi uh, games in Australia and Stephen Pearl who played at Tennessee for his father, Bruce was on that team. And uh, we just became really good friends. We, we hit it off. He was a good scrappy player. Uh, our team was good. We had a lot of success. And Bruce actually came out to our training camp and uh, worked with us for a couple of days. And, and I was still playing in college at the time. And uh, I, I just became like really attracted to his personality. And uh, he was super engaging and like treated me like he knew known me forever, even though we had just met, you know, like 10 minutes before. And uh, I, I just was always really attracted to his personality. And then in 09, 2009, Bruce coached our USA Maccabi team in Israel. And uh, we won the gold medal. I played with guys like, uh, you know, Dan Grunfeld, who Bill, I'm sure you know his dad, Ernie, really well. Uh, you know, and we had a really fun team and Bruce coached that team. We win the gold. And it was just, you know, a once in a lifetime experience where, uh, you, you're, you're just in the foxhole with these guys, you know, where with a lot of pride, um, a lot of great memories and Bruce and I really hit it off. And, and I told him, you know, I, I hope that at one point, you know, that I would be able to, to work with them. And, uh, 
obviously when he was at Tennessee, it ended kind of abruptly and uh, he was out of the, the profession for a couple of years working at ESPN. And then he got the Auburn job and uh, that coincided with the same time that we had finished up my second year with Kyle at Columbia. And we had a really good year, won like 23 games, made it to a postseason a tournament. And, uh, you know, Bruce called and, and just said, hey, you know, I, I'm looking to build my staff with guys that I know and trust and I think can, you know, help me elevate this place. So, you know, would you have interest coming down here? And I said, heck yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, the two things obviously that that drew me to to Auburn were was obviously the level, um, you know, Auburn and the SEC and the SEC, as, as we all know, is the closest thing to professional sports that we have in college. Uh, they treat everything there from the facilities to um, student athlete experience to uh, coaches salaries, you know, that everything's at a insane level there. Uh, so that along with being able to go work again with Bruce and, you know, obviously being incredibly grateful for my experience with Kyle, but uh, you know, I got to play for Kyle for five years at St. Mary's. I got to work with him for two, uh, you know, and I felt like I got a really good understanding of what makes him special. And so I was like, all right, this would be an opportunity for me to go learn from somebody else who does it incredibly different. Um, they're, they're both, they're complete opposites. And so I thought it would really broaden uh, kind of my skill set in terms of coaching and, and kind of differentiating ways to do things. And so uh, when Bruce offered me the director of ops role there, jumped at it uh, and had a great first year with them in terms of learning. And then after my first year, he promoted me to an assistant coaching position. And uh, just we just had a great time. You know, we didn't have a lot of success because we were rebuilding the program, but we started recruiting really, really good players. Uh, guys like Davion Mitchell, who just got drafted in the, uh, the top 10 by the Kings. We signed him at Auburn. He played a year there. Chuma Okeke, who uh, was a lottery picker, I think 15 or 16 for the Orlando Magic uh, two or three years ago. And then guys like Jared Harper, who's played on a two-way. Uh, we, we just had really, we started recruiting great kids who were really good players. And, uh, you know, when I left Auburn to come back and work with Kyle, two years after that, they made it to the final four, you know, so I was, I felt really good about being a part of that foundation. Um, but so at that point, uh, you know, having good success in terms of kind of building things. And then I was, I was, you know, again, wanting to kind of get back West. Megan and I were excited to kind of start a family together. And, uh, you know, coaching is funny because you, if you spend too much time in a certain area, especially in college, like it's kind of hard to kind of get back to where you want to go or to move. And so, uh, you know, Kyle gets the USF job. So I started talking to him and then I actually interviewed uh, with the coach at Stanford who had just got the job about an assistant position there. And uh, I thought I was going to get it, to be honest. I, I was uh, pretty excited. And uh, he calls me on the morning of the national championship game and, uh, you know, says, hey, great getting to know you. I think, you you know, you're going to be a great coach. But I'm going to go a different direction. And uh, to be honest, he kind of gave me a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I was a little pissed off. <laughs> and uh, so I reached back out to Kyle and I said, hey, you know, um, if, if, if you think that this makes sense uh, and you think this is good for, for you and good for me and my career, like I'd like to come back with you and uh, help you kind of start building USF back. And so within 48 hours of that conversation, uh, I accepted, accepted the associate head position with Kyle and uh, I made my way back here. And uh, my wife hated me because she was about 37 uh, weeks pregnant at the time. And uh, she was sitting there in Auburn, Alabama, uh, as I was coming back here with Kyle 
just hitting the ground running. And I'm fortunate that my father-in-law is a great man and uh, flew out and drove back with her <laughs> because she was too close uh, to get on an airplane. And uh, all worked out well. And our son, uh, she made it back here and our son was born here in, uh, in the Bay. But uh, yeah, it was just kind of natural. And uh, Bruce was great about everything and understood why I wanted to kind of come back and uh, was super supportive of that, which made it easier uh, to do it. But that was kind of just the transition from Columbia to Auburn and, and kind of why I joined Kyle here at, at USF. Give your thoughts. <clears throat> Assistant coach, head coach, what are you thinking? When, when I got the opportunity? Yes. When you became yeah. head coach. I, I've, I was, uh, elated, um, grateful, um, thankful, uh, just, incredibly excited. You know, I think it's, uh, and you know me well enough now to know that uh, I'm a pretty passionate, uh, knock on wood, like confident, like I believe in, in what we were doing. I thought, you know, Kyle did a really, really good job of uh, building this program back up and, and giving it a really, really firm foundation. And I think that's something that was missing when we got here in 2016. Uh, you know, the, the program had some talent, but it didn't have student athletes that were necessarily passionate about the University of San Francisco. Uh, you know, their their priorities, I, I could argue, weren't necessarily uh, aligned in the right way. Um, but Kyle and our staff, I thought, did a good job of uh, of identifying, you know, student athletes that that would appreciate this opportunity, that would find the value of uh, not only getting their degree from here, but just the the family and uh, the alums and just the greater USF community. And, uh, you know, we won 20 games in our first year, which we were really surprised about. We thought it was going to take a little bit of time, but the league was a little down that year. And, uh, you know, with a pretty young team, we did really well. And then, uh, you know, second and third year kind of continued on that trajectory. And so, uh, you know, I, I think it, there's, you have to get lucky, you know, you have to be, you have to get lucky at times, but you have to be good also to get lucky. And I think that's a good way to kind of describe uh, my situation in the sense of, you know, Kyle leaned on me a lot when he was here and I'm incredibly grateful for that. And I think it gave confidence to the administration on the academic and athletic side here at USF that I would be able to continue building uh, with the right type of student athlete and uh, the people, the right people on my staff and the type of people that would appreciate what this, what this place has to offer. Um, so, uh, you know, as, as I'm sure you would imagine from, from your times as, as a coach, as an assistant, a lot of the times you think you uh, have all the answers and you think you know what's best and then you get thrown in that chair and you realize real quick, you don't know nearly as much as you think you do. And so uh, there, there was a lot of learning on the fly, but uh, you know, I've just really loved every second of that part. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate to retain a couple of key staff members through the transition. And most importantly, we kept every student athlete in the program, uh, that had his eligibility and had the ability to return. And so that made the transition a lot easier. And, uh, I think that's why we were able to have continued success. Um, before we talk about this season, <laughs> talk about, uh, the support you get from, uh, Charlie Cross, Father Paul, and how important that is. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's uh, it's just one of the, it's college. I'll start it by saying college basketball. Uh, you know, I could argue has changed more in the last two to three years than it had in the previous twenty. 
And what I mean by that is from all the different conference realignments to the NIL rule, uh, to all the transfer flexibility that they're allowing now, there's just a lot of new variables uh, that have kind of popped up in our profession. And uh, it's, there's, I, I think it's going two ways in, in, our, in our sport. And what I mean by that is there's schools that are truly investing and, uh, you know, kind of take more of an SEC, Big 12, Big 10 type approach with the way they're funding their programs, uh, the way they're supporting their student athletes, the way they're traveling. Uh, you know, they're treating it like a professional uh, sport, which, you know, again, with quote unquote amateurs, some could argue that may or may not be the right way, but it's reality. It's what's happening. And so um, there's going to become a divide here, I would say, in the next two to three years with who's really in and who's really out. And I think, uh, you know, USF has – we've done a lot of great things from, uh, you know, the, the new renovation here in the Sobrato Center uh, to getting our practice facility approved, which will be a really, really beneficial uh, instrument for our program to use, whether it's in recruiting or in day-to-day -day operations and helping our guys get more opportunities to get better. Uh, so I think a lot of the heavy lifting uh, has been done. And what's going to continue to be important is the day-to-day -day operations, which I think sometimes, at, you know, at times gets kind of lost uh, where, you know, that, that's equally as important to me in terms of being able to continue to build this program is making sure that we're doing everything we can because the reality is, you know, we're going up against Gonzaga. We're going up against BYU. We're going up against St. Mary's. We're going up against Santa Clara. And these programs are uh, – you know, they're investing at a very high level uh, to try to make sure their programs are in good shape. And uh, I, I think we're heading on that path and we got to, we, we're going to have to continue uh, to invest and in, in put the, put our program and the women's basketball program in a great position to be successful moving forward. Talk about this year, talk about our team, talk about why we're excited. Yeah, this year is uh, knock on wood. You know, I think this year, we have the potential to have one of the strongest teams that we've had here on the Hilltop in, in quite a while, uh, you know, even proceeding when I was here and, uh, you know, going back to the early 80s even because I, I just really think our combination of our, our veteran leadership in the backcourt uh, between Jamari Bouye and uh, Khalil Shabazz, I think both those guys have a lot of, a lot of experience, have played a lot of minutes within our program have experienced a lot of winning uh, and, and know what it takes to be able to produce and, and play at a high level. And uh, an area where, you know, myself and, and our staff hadn't done a good enough job uh, really last, you know, before last year, where I think we got a lot of things right this year was just recruiting in the front court. And, uh, you know, we went out and really used the, the transfer market to our advantage this off season. We were able to bring in four guys uh, that are, Trans are that were ready players that have played a lot of minutes division one. Uh, most of them have been in successful programs and uh, have contributed in a big way. And so you, we were able to add a guy like Yaya Masalski, who uh, graduated from San Diego, who averaged about 10 points, eight rebounds, three blocks, and is a guy that we always uh, are that we've, we know really well. We played against him nine times and uh, you know, we feel like he's an incredible defender. I think he's going to be a guy that can really, really, uh, help us in the low post offensively and a guy that we can throw it into and can get a basket, something we didn't have last year. Uh, and just a really, really good, old, tough player. And then a guy like Patrick Tepe, who uh, was at Duke last year, a Columbia graduate, a guy who has just really good potential. And he's going to continue to get more and more comfortable as year goes on. But another 6'9", 6'10", 240-pound body 
a physical athlete, uh, a guy that will match up really well against guys from BYU and Gazek. And then a guy like Zane Meeks, who uh, transferred in from Nevada, Reno, who uh, is actually, you know, one of my really, really fun guy to coach. He's a confident kid. Uh, I said this about myself earlier. He, he's irrationally self-confident. Uh, but sometimes you need guys like that, uh, especially for a guy like him who can really shoot it. Uh, you know, he's never seen a shot he doesn't like. And, uh, you know, he, he really is comfortable letting it go. Um, and then the last guy, you know, Vova Markovetsky, a 7'2 transfer from Washington State, a guy that really wanted to come here out of high school. 7'2", uh, we'll 265, just wide body, physical, strong. We just didn't have the size and physicality last year. And so I, I would just say my excitement really stems from the fact that I think we're, we're way deeper, we're, we're more well-rounded, uh, and I think we've raised our floor with the fact that we've added a lot of front court scoring to support, you know, Jamari and Khalil and Gabe Stefanini, Rich Wayne, uh, Dima, guys like Josh Coonan, guys on the perimeter who, who are all really good players. Stevie. I, I wanted to go back. I'm excited about USF this year as well. One thing I did want to go back is, is, and I'm sure some of it's obvious if you see the demeanor of them, but how are Kyle Smith and Bruce Pearl different? You know, and what'd you learn from each of them and how do you apply it to where you are now? Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. I, I, you know, Kyle, uh, I, I would call him, he's a little bit like the nutty professor in the sense of uh, he's a super, super bright dude. Um, and his mind is turning 24-7 about where he can find, uh, you know, an incremental advantage against his opponents, whether it's in recruiting, whether it's in scheduling, whether it's in rest time after practice. You know, Kyle is always trying to be two steps ahead. Um, you know, I, I would say the same thing about him and Randy in the sense of I, I think they have mastered the art of running uh, an, an 11-month college basketball program. And what I mean by that is, you know, uh, guys, their guys are getting better all year. You know, they're working hard in the spring. They're working hard in the summer. Uh, and I think they, they really do move the needle and, you know, they move past some guys because of that. And uh, they're, they're just really, you know, through their – nearly 30 years in this profession, I think really have a good feel and understanding for that. Uh, last piece on that is just recruiting wise. I, I think they do a really good job of identifying guys that will fit uh, what's important to them. And, you know, a guy like Jamari Bowie is a great example of that. You know, he had no other division one offers out of high school. Uh, but we saw a young man who was a really good kid, had great parents, uh, intelligent, really great basketball IQ, good athleticism. And, uh, good length. We thought he'd grow. And sure enough, you know, he comes here and, and he's a guy that has, I think has a chance to play in the NBA someday. You know, I don't know if that's going to be next year, but I think he's a kid that has that potential. Uh, whereas for Bruce, again, this is a 180 deal. Bruce is uh, the exact opposite. The type that we might not know what we're doing in practice that day till about an hour before, you know, practice starts. And uh, his, his uh, approach, I would argue was, more motivational, uh, you know, he, he would get guys to run through a wall for him. And I think he would target those types of guys in recruiting where he felt like uh, he could get them to really uh, become bulldogs and, and pit bulls and go play for him. Uh, he, he, he was passionate about recruiting. He worked at it uh, probably harder than 99% of the people in our profession. Uh, we spent, you know, whereas in my program, we spent a lot of the fall working on individual and team development uh, with our time. And Bruce spent most of that time on the road recruiting and waited until practice to really kind of uh, pour into his team. 
And uh, Bruce wasn't the most analytically, uh, you know, savvy type guy, but he was open to it and, uh, you know, was, was willing to kind of use it where he thought it made sense. But uh, again, like he was more recruiting focused, more passion focused. And uh, he really understood the value of building around his program from a fan standpoint, from an alum standpoint. You know, when, when we got there at Auburn, they talked about how they could barely get, you know, 50 students to a game. And that's with a student body over 25,000. Uh, our first year, we weren't very good, but we, we had a sold out student section every game. And that was because Bruce would go to the library during finals and pass out donuts or would stand and go get pizza to students, you know, walking through the student union, uh, would go and hand out T-shirts at the rec, you know, things like that. Um, that. Those were the things where Bruce really, really thrived and understood you know, that's where he, he loved doing it and he understood the value of, of spending time and energy on it. And that's why he's been able to build such good passion around his programs. That's amazing. Yeah, you can see why he's successful. Yeah. Todd, talk about, uh, you already talked about Megan a little bit. Let's talk about your family. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm super fortunate with Megan. She was a, an army brat growing up. Her dad was in the military, so she was moving everywhere. And, uh, you know, she actually was a great athlete, played volleyball at St. Mary's. And, uh, you know, she, she's just an amazing wife. You know, I think, uh, as you know, Bill, from, from your career, you have to have a very understanding, uh, empathetic, and supportive wife to be successful in what we do. And uh, I have that. And so I, I feel really uh, fortunate because without that, I, I'm not sure I could put as much time and energy into my, my job as I do. So she, she's wonderful and, and gives me a lot of confidence to, to do what I do. And then our, we have a five-year-old son, Jacob, who's uh, he's already a passionate athlete, um, loves baseball, loves golf, hoops, and soccer, probably in that order right now. And, uh, you know, he's in the gym five or six times a week, just uh, living his best life. And then he's, he's a little like me. He's a little bit of a pleaser, uh, a little more introverted. And, uh, you know, but he, he's a great kid. And then our daughter, Madison, who's three, is the exact opposite. Uh, she's a chatterbox, will not uh, ever listen to either parent. And uh, I, I feel like she's going to be uh, a challenge as she continues to grow up and will probably uh, be a little bit of a payback for what I ended up being towards the end of my high school career going into college. But uh, she's awesome. And again, like a, a super fun, loving kid who and she loves sports also. And she, I assume she'll be a tomboy like her mom was growing up. Well, Todd, thank you so much for being on. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited this year. Uh, I'm anticipating, uh, no pressure, uh, <laughs> great things this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you are too. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much. Steve and I uh, loved it. Obviously, we're going to be at every game. Yeah. So uh, going to have a great year. Nah, thank you, guys, Steve. It's great to meet you, my friend. I'm and, looking forward uh, to see you out there. Yeah. And Bill, before I go, I just want to thank you, man, because uh, I just appreciate your support. You know, you've been awesome to me since I've had this opportunity. And I know how easy it would be for someone in your position with everything that you've accomplished over your career uh, to, to have all the answers all the time. And the fact that you've continued to support me and what we're doing means a lot. So I appreciate you in a big way. And uh, let's, let's go to the tournament this year. I, I think that'll be a good resolution for all of us. Yeah, we're going. We're going. I love it. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it. it.